I had it on my heart tonight to preach about the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith. Don't hear a lot about that anymore. I used to hear about it a lot. And uh, we have done a lot of teaching on Mark 11.23, which is confession. Mark 11.23 really is confession brings possession message. And that's a good one. Amen. We need to call those things like we want to see them, not like we... Like we got stuck with something. If you don't like your circumstances, change them by your confession. Amen. And uh, oftentimes people will say, well, that faith thing isn't working for me. Uh, I've just had trouble, troubles and trials down here below, down in the, the ghetto of life, and I don't know what to do. And I've said, well, the problem is it's working too well. I'm imagining you poor mouth all the time. And so if you poor mouth all the time, what are you going to have? poor. If you sick mouth all the time, you're going to have sick. If you're, if you, all you could do is mope around. I don't have any friends. Well, who wants to be real friends with somebody like that? You know, it's just, you know, you know, you'd want to have a friend. You'd want to have some kind of satisfaction out of it. And so, uh, you know, moping around, moping around. If you mope and you talk mope, you're going to get mope. Amen. You're going to be mopey and dopey. And so, uh, if you don't like your situation, start speaking something else. Call those things which be not as though they were. Hallelujah. And uh, call it like you want to see it, not what it's presenting. And uh, you'll see a change, sometimes instantly, sometimes slowly. But praise God, it will change. It has to in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I've I've often said about my own circumstances and others when they ask me, this too will pass. Praise God. Something that you're going through that's unpleasant, this will pass. This will resolve. This will change. Just hang on. Or they say, if you're going through hell, just keep going. Just don't stop. You know, just keep going. You know, if you've, if you've ever driven through a, a place that wasn't so pleasant, maybe you thought that you might have been in a little danger. Maybe in a, you took a wrong turn in Miami and you're suddenly in a neighborhood that's a little scary. Well, just keep going. Don't stop. Just keep driving and get out of there. And pretty soon you'll be someplace a little better. So praise God. We just keep going. Keep it going. So if you say, well, this has been 2020 has been hell. Well, keep going. You'll be out of it pretty soon. Praise the Lord. We'll get past this insane election and then we'll, uh, everybody will change. Trust me. It will change. But, uh, so this is not some permanent situation, but praise God. God's in control. We love Him. He's our Father. We trust Him. Amen. And the United States of America government, we can be very patriotic and we are, but the government's not our source. And the president's not our source. And the, the, uh, Washington's not our eternal home. Thank God. It's too hot there and swampy. Uh, our eternal home is heaven. We are citizens, not of this earth, but another. So we need to remind ourselves of that because the world goes bonkers. I watched them on Facebook and on the TV. They all go bonkers, bonkers, bonkers over well, what we're, what are we going to do if so-and-so gets elected? Well, we're going to continue to do what we have done. We, we trust the word, trust God. Hallelujah. On the same hand, you need to get up and vote. Amen. And uh, do your do it's it's your civic duty. Render under Caesar, Jesus said, 
And one way you can render is by getting your render off your seat and get out there and and vote, praise the Lord. It's funny, people say, I don't feel like standing in line. They'll stand in line at Walmart for a TV day and night, you know, to get $39.95 off the price. And then they say, well, they can't, they don't feel like standing in the line to vote. Well, that's ridiculous. Um, Because there's ways to do it. All right, amen. Now turn to Mark 11. Look at Mark 11.24. Amen. And uh, we're going to kind of plow through this. And uh, hopefully it'll, you know, I'm sure that this is not news to anyone here, probably not news to you watching, but you know, all the, every scripture is not necessarily supposed to be some shocking revelation. It just adds to our faith. And uh, I, I just want to emphasize that you can have what you desire in this world. Amen. And you don't have to be a Calvinist. And wait for God to just dump on you what you think he, he thinks you should have. But you can have a desire and you can, you can dream and you can believe and you can see things come to pass that make you happy. Amen. How about, you know, some people say they don't like certain preachers. I will, I don't, I'm reluctant to name names because that always seems to divide folks. But you know, there's preachers that are on TV doing very well and, have a happy message and people don't like that. They say, well, he's too happy. Well, what, how do you be too happy? I guess if you, I guess if you're, you know, if you, you have a champagne addiction or something, the tiny bubbles in the wine went to your head. Maybe, you know, you could be a little too happy for everybody's comfort. But other than that, the preacher's too happy. His message is too happy. Well, I got, they're going to hate heaven. Because heaven's not a gloom and doom place. They don't play a dirge and everybody walk around in black robes. That would be the Supreme Court. That's not heaven. Hallelujah. Heaven is a happy place. Jesus is smiling. You know, they. I said no wonder some churches have problems. They got Jesus weeping over all the sin. You know, he's upset over all the bad things. The Holy Ghost is grieved. And... uh God's mad. So no wonder we got problems. That's our leadership. Isn't that beautiful? But uh, that's what religion paints the picture. But we have a, a father who calls us his children, who loves us dearly, who gave his best that he could give so that we, if he so freely gave us Jesus, what good thing would he withhold? <laughs> Nothing. Well, I don't know if the Lord wants me to have that. Well, it probably doesn't. The Lord didn't like you. You know, there's things I, I'm just going to, the older I get, I'm going to just say grouchier things because you can get away with it. But Brother Osborne said, the only, his Brother Osborne said one time, he said, the good thing about becoming 80 is you can say whatever you want and if, if you can always get by with people say, well, he's just old. But he says, actually, you can just say anything you want and get by with it. Where if she's younger, you know, you get rebuked. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Is that right, Frank? <laughs> Amen. Just say it. <laughs> it's like things you've wanted to say for 50 years. And finally, I can just say it. I love that. Amen. <laughs> Woo! Glory. <laughs> anyway... 
Religion has done a number on our head where it comes to God and what he will do. But we have a happy God and we have a happy Jesus and we have a joy-filled Holy Ghost. And, and if you let him manifest in your life, you'll be happy too. Doesn't mean you won't go through trials. Doesn't mean you won't have problems. Doesn't mean things won't come against you. But in the midst of it, you can still just be happy, happy, happy. And sing that little song the Camerons used to sing, the Holy Ghost will set your feet a-dancing. And the Holy Ghost will thrill you through and through. The Holy Ghost will set your feet a-dancing and set your heart to dancing too. Amen. And that's the truth, isn't it? What a mighty God we serve. All right, so he says Jesus is talking here. You remember this was all stirred up over that fig tree incident where he cursed it and it was dried from the roots and Peter was shocked and said, basically, look what you did here and how did this happen? Amen. And uh, Jesus said, you know, you could say to the, you think the fig tree something, you could actually say to the Mount of Olives be picked up, plucked up, and cast into the sea. And if you don't doubt in your heart, and you believe those things you say have come to pass, you'll have whatsoever you say. Amen. Well, that's the confession. Brings possession. It's it's actually a story in courage, too. Because it's like, do you have the courage to say what really needs to be said? And sometimes we try to figure out things from the Babylonian system instead of just speaking out what we need by faith. It's the, isn't the blessing of God way better than something we dig out and scrape up? Hallelujah. So it says here, what, therefore I say unto you, what things soever, whatever it would be, whatever you desire, when you pray, believe. Now see, this is so clear because people get mixed up on faith and They'll say, well, I'll praise the Lord when I see it. I'll believe when I see it. Seeing is believing, thinking they're sounding balanced and smart. And actually, they're not even talking about faith anymore. I don't know what they're talking about, but it's not faith. Faith sees in the unseen realm. Faith believes beyond this veil of this false world that really the fallen world that we live in and it sees beyond doesn't it faith is the title deed to the things which are not yet seen with the physical eye but will be seen praise god if you'll stay in faith amen i like this subject i can preach this nobody preaches it anymore i guess it got out of style but i need it what about you? What things soever you desire. Does it say anything here about need? Now, when did the church become all need-oriented? Well, do you need that? Well, really, you don't need, you don't really need a house. I mean, you could live under the bridge, especially in Florida. You could live naked under the bridge and survive. I mean, as far as need goes, what's one, you see, uh, like one preacher said, you can't judge another man's need. I can't judge your needs. You can't judge my need. Well, what does he need with that? Well, see, you can't judge that. And only God can, can, uh, 
judge those things, but he doesn't say anything here about it being a need. And see, again, religion has messed this one up. What things ever, they they read the word desire, but they're thinking need. Well, whatever you need when you pray, believe you receive it and you shall have it. Now, if you desire it and you don't need it, then you're in sin. Chapter and verse for that. Where does it say that? And think about, that would make Jesus the number one rule breaker. Because they didn't need more wine at that wedding reception in Cana. And that was the first miracle he did was supply the the wine they already drank. He said when they're well drunk. uh, That's a well drunk. Boy, that's a drunk, ain't it? Three sheets in the wind or whatever they say. (laughs) You know, when you're dancing with the lampshade on your head, maybe it's time to step away from the punch ball. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh <laughs> the it, they they ran out of wine and Mary, the mother of Jesus said it. She says, "Look, they've run out of wine." And he said, "What do I have to do with thee?" He said, "Listen, my time isn't come yet. This isn't the time or place to start." She thought, why not? He started his miracle ministry not at the leper colony, even though he did heal the lepers. He didn't start it at the school for the blind. He didn't start it, you understand, he didn't start it at the little sister's mission. Though he could have. He started it at a wedding reception of some pretty well-off people that ran out of wine and they're embarrassed. They're going to be embarrassed because they've run out of wine. But well, maybe they figure everybody's so drunk they won't remember. And he makes wine out of water. Hallelujah. All right. So, yes, miracles and faith can be and should be and are to be used for needs for dire circumstances, to cleanse the leper, to to open the eyes of the blind, the deaf ears, the lame to walk. Amen. Right? Forgive sins. Deliver the demoniacs from their horrible oppressions. Set free those that are mentally ill. All those things. Clothe the naked and feed the hungry. And bring medicine and aid and help to those in in dire circumstances. How many believe that? That that's part of the call on the church. And part of our call as believers and just decent human beings. But I'm telling you that God's faith that he's given us here through Jesus will meet all that plus whatever desires you have. And you just need to get over it that it's it's a... Get over the lie that it's a sin to desire something beyond just your basic needs. It's not a sin. Well, I I would feel that it would be for me. Well, okay, then keep it to yourself. The problem is, oftentimes that person wants to put that on everybody. 
which is kind of a pride thing. You ever seen somebody uh, in lack and they were proud they were in lack? Well, I tell you, me, I, I'm just a little me. Well, <laughs> listen, you deserve the glory and the honor. You know, it's all about that, isn't it? And uh, instead of, instead of, well, bless your heart, that's, that's your choice. But you, but, but see, don't condemn somebody else for taking the words of Jesus literally. Can you say amen? I will say this, it's difficult to be generous if you don't have anything yourself. Kind of tough. I mean, you can share your hot dog, I suppose, with somebody, but they'd probably rather have one by themselves. Well, that went over. I'm not, I won't tell that. I have a Kit Kat story, but I won't tell it. All right. Go back to twenty, twenty-three to to the King James. So it says, "What things, soever, what things, whatever it would be that you desire." Now somebody might say, "Well, because they have before." Well, what if it's out of God's will? What if what you desire is sin? Well, you can't have faith for sin because faith begins where the will of God is known. Amen. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God alone, only. So you couldn't, you have to found, faith has a foundation and you have to build the foundation on the word. So you can't desire somebody else's wife or somebody else's husband or desire, oh, I think I want to be the pastor. Well, you can't desire that because nowhere in the word does it promise that you can be the pastor. Well, let's vote one in and out. Well, that's ungodly too because the Bible says that the uh, these offices are gifts from God to the body. Amen. One, one guy walked in, a friend of mine in Birmingham, a nice church. One of the businessmen got all up in, you know, a knot over something. And went to him and said, uh, I just want you to know, you can't believe how some people talk to preachers. You just, you won't, you can't imagine it. But he says, I just want you to know that I could pastor this church as good as you, probably better. And my friend said, you know what? I don't doubt that. There's only one problem. He said, what's that? And he says, God put me here and you, and not you. So if you want to, to start and pastor a church, go down the road and do it. But you can't have my church. Because God put me here, see. Amen. Well, some people think it's like a voting for the dog catcher. Alright. What things soever you desire, obviously the foundation would be the word. So that it keeps you from desiring something. And if you find yourself desiring something harmful or sinful, you just correct that. By resisting it, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Well, what do I do? I desire this thing and I know it's not God's will and I know it's not right, but I really do. In the name of Jesus, where's the duct tape? You know, I had a lady come to me. You know, back in the day, we used to sell tapes on the, the book table. 
So we, we call the book and tape table. So uh, this lady comes up, you know, and she says, I've done everything this, uh, all these subjects, brother, as brother Hagen's book table. said, I've done everything here and I've, I've, I've got this tape, this tape, this tape, that tape. And I don't have any tape that'll work. None of it works. I've confessed. I've prayed. Nothing works. She says, do you have a tape that'll work for me? I said, yeah, I do. It's right under here. We use it to tape boxes with. It's duct tape. I said, let's put this over your mouth and you don't talk for a year and things will get better by themselves. We can put a little hole in there for straw for you can take some nourishment. She looked at me like I was crazy. I mean, you're the crazy one. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. I had another friend who was working at Hagen's at uh, Rama, and on the we had for five minutes there we had a phone answering ministry. Can you imagine the nut, nuttiness of that? Brother Hagen one day just walked down at noon and shut it down. He said, "This is ridiculous." Uh, you know, you can have everybody and their brother call in. Well, one guy calls in and says, "Well, I got a problem." And so my friend said, "Well, here's a scripture." He goes, I tried that. It doesn't work. Well, you know, 22 scriptures later, I tried that. It doesn't work. So my friend said, only one thing left to do in your case. He says, what? He said, curse God and die. It's all a lie. And the guy says, I don't want to do that. And he says, well, you it's what you're doing. Every scripture we give you, you say it doesn't work. So this doesn't work. Why don't you go join the Hare Krishnas or something? Get a little bag and dance around. Give out flowers at the airport. Well, uh, I saw this quarantine has got affected me. Sorry, I'll be I'll be nicer next year. Um. Anyway, it's all based on the scripture. Is the point? Amen. What things do every desire, the scriptural, that would be good for you. Amen. When you pray, when you pray, believe when you pray, when you believe, believe when you pray at that moment of prayer, believe then that you receive that at that moment and ye shall have them. Now, the ye shall have them part is God's part. You see, we want to get involved and help God. Well, God doesn't need our help. We need his help. You understand that's the way that works. (laughs) God doesn't need our help to help him answer our prayer. He needs us to remain in faith and treat him with some respect. And that respect would be that he is not a liar and that he will do exactly what he said in his word. Hallelujah. And not insult him by trying to help him out. All right. Praise God. It says ye shall have them. So my confession about that prayer then could be and would be. Um, I desire 
whatever it, whatever it would be. Just fill in the blank. I'm so reluctant to say anything because the minute you do, somebody's head clicks off, you know. But whatever it be, healing or a material thing or a financial thing or a, a living situation or whatever it would be, right? An invitation to do something, whatever. So I desired that. And I don't desire it anymore in the sense that I don't have it. Because now I'm believing that I have it. Well, when did you get it, brother pastor? Well, I got it when I prayed. When I prayed, I believed that I received. Therefore, by faith in that verse, I have it. Now let's look at it in the Amplified. See if we can glean something. He says, for this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you. When When is it granted? At the prayer. Is it granted at the manifestation? No. It, that is the manifestation. The manifestation point is there. Amen. It is granted to you when you pray. Trust and be confident it is granted to you when? When you pray and you will get it or you will have it. Amen. And then you go around and you think about that item, that thing on your list, and you praise the Lord that it's yours. Now, depending on who you live with or whatever, you might want to be careful with that because they'll think you're crazy. But who cares? I do other things that are probably very certifiable for crazy. So they think I'm crazy already, so it doesn't matter. But we can, we can just go around saying in our own, it's, it's, it's not for anybody else to know. Who cares what somebody else thinks? It's between us and God. This is a contract between me and the Father. Hallelujah. Sealed by blood. Jesus' blood. And I walk around and I say, oh, I thank God for this. And I thank God for that. And I thank God for the other thing. And I thank God for the situation being turned around. And uh, I'm not saying, God, do it, please. You know, I you know the need and the hour. You ever heard that prayer? It goes up and down like a roller coaster. Oh, Lord, you know, no, 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 no. You know, sound like they're driving an MG through the mountains. We don't have to crank up and gear up and gear down. We can just be normal. <laughs> Amen. And we can say, Father, I'm your, I'm your very own son. I'm your very own daughter. I'm your child. And I'm taking you at your word. And you said whatever I desired that when I prayed to, 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 uh, believe for that, to ask for it. And when I do that, that you grant it and give it to me. All right. Let's look at one more scripture. Forgot my note. You got, there it is. Look at John. One more gospel where Jesus is talking about 
receiving. This is such a simple scripture. Did you know that you don't have to have miles of scripture to have power? Did you know that? You can have one simple verse that's got tremendous power in it. Every word of God is full of power. All right, yes, John 14, 14. Jesus said here, If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, if if you're asking in his name, you're not really asking Jesus, you're asking the Father. Another Another verse of Scripture says, if you ask the Father in my name. Well, we'll go with that because that's really uh, a, a better form and protocol in prayer. Go to the Father in the name of Jesus because that's your entrance because he is the propitiation for our sins. He is the price paid that was exacted by the just judge so that we could be cleansed so we can go boldly to the throne of grace to find grace to help in time of need. I don't know about you, every time I preach one of these or hear somebody else preach it, it makes me want to ask for more, believe for more. How about you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Scarlett and I, Pastor Scarlett and I, we have a dream board in our bedroom and it's, it's, uh, tucked away where, you know, not very many people see it because it's private and it's, some of those things are very private. But, uh, we've got some things on that board that we look at and we thank God based on some of these scriptures. It's very simple. Uh, act of faith, but it's helpful. You know what I've got on that board? One of the things I've got is um, the a photograph that I took off the internet of our church here from our dedication service. And our building was packed out. Remember, the pews were packed. We had chairs up the aisle. We had chairs in the fellowship hall. And uh, there was about 10 people on the platform. <laughs> and I've got a picture of that that I blew up and printed it off on my little printer. And that's on the dream board. And uh, it says on there, I wrote on there, church full. So every time I pass by that, I say, I thank you, Father, that our church is full. Well, you say, well, what do you do then, Brother David, when you get there and there's nine people? Well, I thank God as nine people help fill the church. Amen. And you just hide and watch. Pretty soon we're going to have double that and then double again and double again. Pretty soon the church is too small and we'll have to see what we do after that, right? Amen. Go to two services or something or three. Churches are so underused in America, it's ridiculous. You know, they'll build a building to have one hour of service and it sits there the rest of the time attracting crickets, I guess. I don't know. If you shall ask anything 
Everybody say anything. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. I will do it. Now, Brother Hagen was friends with a man that was well-known Greek scholar. And um, he said from a legal standpoint, there's no stronger language than I will. Now, in other words, there's no hesitation. This is pretty libelous when you think about it on the part of Jesus. Because he, it makes him libelous. I mean, it makes him libel. <laughs> it's a libelous statement. Because he, he should have said, if you ask anything within reason, see, see, we, we talk like this because we've been schooled by attorneys how to not really say anything. We don't really commit to much because we have all these caveats, they're called. So we, we would say, if that was us saying that, if you shall ask anything within reason, in my name, I will take it under consideration. If Jesus was an attorney, that's what we would be reading. And we'll present it to the committee, and the committee... See? And, uh, you know what, uh, you know what committees do, don't you? They design things like a camel is a horse designed by a committee. <laughs> if you, <laughs> if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Is, is, it, to me, it's, it's, it's got liability all over it as far as a binding thing. And that's what this Greek scholar said. He says, if you look at the legality of it, and you look at what it says in the Greek, it, he's really saying, if I don't have it, I'll make it for you. You could not get anywhere. It shows you what God can do. If God has to, he will make it and sit it in front of you. That's what he did. He either made it or a raven picked it up and flew it over and dropped it somehow or an iguana or something moved that part and put it in their path. They were like out in the middle of the desert somewhere. Actually, you can find anything in the desert if you look long enough. But that thing, I'm telling you, had been put there by an angel or, or, or a, a, a bug or something. I love stories like that. Or I told you about my friend with the linoleum that they cut and went the next day and it was fixed. Hey, this is the God we serve. This is why we worship. This is why we pray. Like Brother Hagin said, anybody can believe for the possible. 
Believe for the impossible. Do you think impossible is included in anything I do? Well, now, Brother David, this just can't be done. Hide and watch. Praise God. Anything, if you ask any. So, in, again, in the Greek, he said, he said in the intent of the law, legalese, this is the most libelous statement Jesus could make. Because he has committed himself to doing this. And a, a pastor friend of mine, well, the first tent meeting I was going to hold, uh, that when I bought my tent, I was 26 years old, bought my first tent to preach in, and I thought, I'm doing nothing for the Lord. I'm absolutely not. And, I, and I'm getting old. What am I going to do? 26, I thought I was getting old. Anyway, we bought our tent. I was going to have the first tent meeting. I could not get anybody to agree to let me put the tent up on any property. I was offering $500 a day to put it up, whatever, nothing. Could not get in Broken Arrow, the holiest place on the planet. And nobody wanted a tent meeting on their property in Oklahoma. And I and uh, I went to my pastor friend of mine. His name was Jerry Zirkel. I said, "Brother Jerry, I said, what am I going to do?" I said, oh, "We got this meeting. Is is you know?" He said, "Go on the radio and announce you're doing it." I said, "I don't have property. You can't put a tent meeting up on no property." He said, "When you stand on God's word and you claim it, you bind God's hand to bring it to pass by His own mouth." Now that sounds mean to some people, but it's not mean, it's not disrespectful. It is the kind of faith God wants us to have in Him. And He says, when you, it's legal folks, this that we're preaching tonight, this faith prayer, faith confession is legal binding in the courts of heaven. It's not playing little silly games. It's not just, you know, some prayer you found on the back of a whatever placemat at PTL in the restaurant. It's, 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 it's this, this is our interaction. We're, look, let's take advantage of this. We're in the club. Woo! Praise God. We're in the family. We're in the family of God. And God says, welcome to the family. Here's how it works. And so we're honoring Him when we think like this. My brother Jerry said to me, you announce that tent meeting and just say, location to be announced. Stay tuned. And you're going to have it on these days. He says, you bind God's hand to bring it to pass. And I never forgot that, and I did it. I went on the radio in Tulsa. Praise the Lord. And uh, I went on the radio, and I announced we're having an old-fashioned tent meeting. It's going to be the first tent meeting, you know, and I want you to come out. I had Brother Hagen booked to come out and dedicate, you know, my tent, and I believe in dedicating things. Kenneth Hagin's coming. We're going to have this tent meeting. And uh, 
Stay tuned. Here's the ministry phone number. If you, if you don't hear it again, stay tuned. I'll tell you where it's going to be. I didn't tell them we didn't have property. And in about three days before, it was either five, three or five days. I mean, within a week before the first song was supposed to be sung, I finally got a guy to let me use the a lot on 71st Street. Praise the Lord. A good street. <laughs> Same street Ramah's on. And I was able to put up our tent and have our first tent meeting. Amen. Uh, so I learned this. So I'm gonna, I, there's an object lesson here and that, uh, what that is is this piano. Uh, Cherie and I, when we, um, got married, where we, where we were getting married, you know, when we were engaged, and so we were planning, you know, we're gonna go have the wedding and then go, go, to a hotel the first night and then go, you know, catch a plane and go have our week-long honeymoon, which was another miracle. We didn't have any money for our honeymoon, and Brother Hagen took us up an offering at healing school so we could have honeymoon money. Isn't that sweet? By faith, we'd book the trip. (laughs) We didn't have any money. We booked the trip by faith. We were crazy people. We took everything Brother Hagen said and drank the Kool-Aid. I mean, right down to the... Put in the packet, you know. And, uh, so we had a little apartment rented and had already moved Cherie into the apartment. And uh, I hadn't moved in yet, of course, just, you know, hadn't. <laughs> and, uh, so, so I, we moved her into the apartment. And then what I was going to do is the, the, the day before the wedding, I put my stuff there and then we'd take off and then come back and that's where I'd live with my wife. Well, we didn't have anything in our apartment. Uh, in her apartment, she had a bed, I think a dresser, I mean, a very little. And, uh, one day Brother Hagen had a Mark 11:24 lesson at healing school and sitting on the platform, uh, well, down, down by the platform was the Mason and Hamlin, which is a good brand, Mason and Hamlin grand piano that Rama had. Well, Cherie was playing the piano for, for healing school. And, um, and I'm, I'm working there. I'm a, an instructor and all that. Well, he had everybody come down. He said, I want you to come down and stand around and, you know, whatever it is you desire. Just whatever you desire. Now, she said, this is not for needs. This is desires. Well, everybody comes down. We're praying Mark 11, 24. And, uh, Got to the end of it, and so Sheree and I are going to meet up afterwards, you know, and go get some dinner. And I said, what, what, if you don't mind me asking, what did you desire, you know, from the Lord? And she says, I told the Lord I desired a grand piano like this one that I'm playing. Now, I'm telling you, we didn't have a pot or a window. Does anybody know what that means? Okay, thank you. Some of y'all looking at me like cow at a new gate. What? You said it millennials, hell, you know, grandma's pot. Mm-hmm. Anyway, a pot or a window. And, uh, you know, we had a few things to start life off with, but not much. Does anybody relate to that? Mm. So we, we just, uh, 
I said, what'd you believe for? She said, a grand piano like the one I'm playing. I said, well, I did too. I'm standing at the other end. I'm standing on the end of the piano. It was bigger than this one. But I'm standing at the end of it. And she's up here playing it. I'm standing here at the end of the piano. I actually put my hand on it. I'm not claiming Brother Hagin's piano. That wouldn't be right. (laughs) But I'm claiming it. You know, it's a point of contact. Father, I said, both of us play. And we need a piano in the house. And we can't bear to play a clunker. So in the name of Jesus, we claim a piano like this one. We said like this one. She said that. I'm telling you, not 10 days goes by. And we got a phone call and somebody said, we got money for you for a piano. Well, uh, we said, wow, that's amazing. So my brother-in-law, who worked at a department store in Atlanta, he knew a guy. He knows a guy that knows a guy, you know. He knew a guy that rebuilt pianos and sold them, you know, like they're new. To all the department stores across the U.S., the department stores used to all have pianos and organs. And uh, he says he can get you, he'll sell you, because of the connection, he'll sell you a beautiful, rebuilt, refinished, like new, grand piano, good name, good brand, for cost, for their cost. You There's like, there's like, Hundreds of percent markup on all that. You know, furniture is 400%. Did you know that? When you go down here to the furniture store, it's 400% markup. Pianos and organs aren't far behind it. So we knew, you know, the one like we wanted, we, we knew it would take a lot of money. And uh, But wholesale, or it's better than wholesale, it's cost, makes them really good price. Amen. Of course, we didn't have 10 cents. What difference does it make? But somebody called, uh, just said, got this money for here, for you. We didn't, so you'd use it whatever you want to. So that's our piano money. We called the guy and one long, he delivered this piano. Now it, it, it's, it's taken some hits because it's been moved. But this piano looked absolutely brand spanking new. It still doesn't look so bad, does it? This Mason and Hamlin, five foot eight grand, in African mahogany, and all the brass was shiny and everything because it's new, like new. He delivered it to our second floor apartment. That's all we had. We sit on the floor and eat pizza under the piano. Now a lot of people would have judged that. Can you see them? That's not practical. You're being stupid. But praise God, it was a testimony to us that Mark eleven twenty four works. Well, later, we're now believing God. We had to believe God. You know, that that's good practice for you. Because when it comes time to believe God to pay cash for a church building, then you realize God will do the same thing. Or an airplane or anything else that you need, I'm telling you, it's not... It's not pressing heaven for it. And the, and the more you believe for the more people talk about you. I'll tell you that. They don't like preachers with money, people. 
But, uh, and they don't like, they don't actually, most people don't like anybody with money. And people that are like that usually have a money issue. There's something there, some little problem. But, uh, I don't care. I know who my father is. Amen. So I thought I'd use you an object lesson. That was the first thing Sheree and I believed God for before we were married. <laughs> As a engaged couple was that piano right there. And it's still being a blessing. <laughs> it makes me happy. You might see it. <laughs> That's the first thing we believed God for. That was a desire. A desire. That was not a need. Who could say that would be a need for a young couple starting out in the ministry going to move all over the country? Kind of stupid, actually. But uh, it was a desire and God met it. So, you know, we'd had two boys, you know, uh, Chris and Nick, and Shree wanted a daughter. And we said, well, we desire a daughter. And, well, you don't know, you know, you never know. I'm telling you what, people will just try to rain on your parade every time. When you just say no in the name of Jesus, this is what we do. Anyway, it could go on all night telling you stories of things I desired and the Lord brought it to me. I know that you have testimonies too. Now listen, uh, so I want you to do this. We're going to do this real quick. If you can, write it down. If you can't, just do it when you get home. But Or if you're watching from home, you can do it. Write down three things that you desire. I don't care how frivolous it is. Or or it, it, sometimes it's not something expensive. Sometimes it's something else, you know. You, I mean, you might desire some food that you haven't had in a while and didn't know where to get it. I don't care. Whatever it is. Desire vacation. Desire something. Maybe it is a need, and that's your greatest desire. But whatever it is, let's pray right now, and you lift at least one of those things up to the Lord and say, I desire this. And so, Father, in Jesus' name, those that are watching and those that are here, we lift up our desires. Lord, yes, there's that thing. That one thing I think of that I desire in Jesus' name. I thank you for bringing it to pass. In the name of Jesus, bringing it to pass. I don't know how that's going to work, but I, 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 it's going to work by the word and by faith in Jesus' name. And I believe that I receive that. It'll be a testimony in the name of Jesus. Amen. All righty. So you know how to work that now? I think you did anyway, but it's a good reminder, isn't it?